Final seconds tick away. Tessa looking to dribble it out. Two seconds and one. Westwood Queens of the Mid-Peninsula Conference. How about it, Westwood Patriot Nation? First conference title since 2013. First ever Westpac title. Well, you'll be first on that list every time anybody ever goes to look at the Westpac list. Now they'll get to see Westwood Patriots right on the top of it. That's how it sounded last night here on ESPN-UP as the Westwood Patriot girls took down Gwen 49-26 to lock up both the mid-pen and the Westpac titles. Tanner Hoops with you for the Friday Coaches Show on ESPN-UP. We're joined by Westwood head girls basketball coach Kurt Corcoran talking about what his team has accomplished thus far in the season, 18-1, and one more game left before the tournament. Coach, first of all, congratulations on your success, your conference titles achieved last evening. Has it set in yet? Uh, thanks, Tanner. Um, has it set in? I mean, it's, there's, there's two ways to look at it. You know, um, we won a conference title. That's obviously everybody's, um, on everybody's checklist at the beginning of the year. Um, and... You know, I think I alluded last night to just um, the fact that how difficult it is to win a conference championship um, in the in the league that we play in. Um, but obviously, you know, a conference championship without a district championship doesn't quite mean as much. Um, so, yeah, you know, it, it's a it's a weight off the shoulders a little bit because it's something that you've been uh, that's obviously been in the back of your mind, and um, you know whether you win the conference championship or not isn't, isn't necessarily that big of a deal, but. Um, had we had we not won this conference this year, it would have meant that we had kind of a major meltdown or collapse near the end of the season, which wouldn't uh, which wouldn't be a good thing either. So, um, yeah, it's it's we're, we're I can kind of breathe a little bit easier here today, um, just knowing that that's wrapped up and taken care of, and now we can start focusing on the the next round. Well, coach, before the game last night, you and I were talking, and you mentioned to me that how amazing it is that you can be seventeen and one and still not have clinched a conference championship. It just goes to show how deep and how tough this league is. Yeah, and we sat there and joked about the, if we win, if we, if we were to have won last night, like is there, is there still a possibility that we wouldn't have clinched it? Because with the new with the new league format and, and whatnot, it's like oh gosh, I don't know. I think I think it I think this wraps it up. But what if it doesn't? And, and we were trying to think of ways that our Kingsford game could have any any play on it so um yeah it, it does it, it just it's it's uh it's definitely it says a lot about the the leagues and the competition that we that we play against well coach your team picked up a 49-26 win over a Gwynn team that's been really good this year when healthy you jumped out to a 10-0 lead to start the game and you haven't had a lot of those hot starts this season what was different last night um, well, I think the first half of the season we had we had uh, quite a few, but it was it was the second half of the season where um, teams just made adjustments. Everybody was getting better, and everybody wants to wants to beat the number one team in the UP. So, um, you know what what happened last night? Uh, I wish I, I wish I knew. I wish I whatever we did last night, we'd like to do every night. But um, it was really Tessa getting off to that hot start, hitting two threes, having eight points in the first quarter. Um, and just kind of catapulting us to that to that lead quick, and then they can bend have to call a timeout. Um, so, so, I mean, hot shooting, I guess you could uh, you could elude our, our good start to last night. Um, and and I thought our defense just stepped up last night and played with a lot of passion and effort. 
Well, Coach, Gwynn is a good team, and they started battling back, and they're putting up some three-pointers, getting some open looks, and, you know, things just didn't always fall for them. But your team holds them to 26 points on your uh, on their own floor. Tell me about your defensive effort. Well, it, it wasn't anything different, really. Um, it was just getting out on the shooters. Um, Gwynn's got, at any point in time, they could have four to five real good three-point shooters out on the floor. Um, and we, we know that we, that was our game plan going in. Um, you know, Gwynn, Gwynn wasn't playing for a conference championship. They were loose. They had nothing to lose. It was their senior night. And I told the girls it wouldn't have surprised me one bit if, if Gwynn would have hooked up 33 pointers in the first half. Um, so we were out on the shooters, uh, communicating and talking. And it's really no difference. There was no adjustments. We could do anything different than we've done the other 18 games of the year. Um, it's just that. With the with the addition of Natalie Prophet, um, I you know since she's been up since the Manistique game, um, Nagani's scored forty points. That's the most anybody's scored against us. Um, and is that a direct correlation with Natalie? It might be. Um, she's just she's strong defensively. She can guard the bigs. She can guard the guards. Um, she just fits well with the team and and adds another dimension of of uh, defensive uh, strengths for us. Well, you talk about bringing up Natalie Prophet like you did from the junior varsity level, and we all know she can score. She averaged about 25 points a game at the JV level, and certainly she's been bringing offense to your team, but you talked about some of the defensive effort that she can bring, and is that kind of what you expected when you brought her up to the varsity, or was it more from her offense that really made you want to bring her up? You know, it was it was just really her strength, and, and I, I've told you this before, but bringing up a freshman to the varsity – uh, you have to be strong enough to handle playing against 17, 18-year-old uh, women. And, and Natalie's just strong enough. She rebounds with the best of them. Um, she, had set, she led us with seven rebounds last night. Um, she's just, when she grabs a rebound, nobody's taking it away from her. And um, it's just, it's, it's kind of a, a sigh of relief when, when you have somebody uh, that's, yeah, I feel like she was a cheat code, you know. I mean, we were able to just pull her up from the JVs, and all of a sudden we we were better, you know. Um, it's almost not fair. It, it, it's like it's it's just like I said, it's just a sigh of relief having somebody that we can pull up and be. I can put her on anybody defensively. Um, she's going to rebound with the best of them, and she's able to score anywhere from you know four to twenty points on any given night. Well, Coach, you have no seniors on this year's squad, but plenty of mental toughness. Gwynn got within six early in the second half last night. Your team responded with an 11-0 run and just didn't panic. I mean, you don't have seniors, but you've got plenty of experience on your squad, and you've seen the mental development really grow this season. Tell me about some ways you're seeing the team get mentally tougher. Uh, yeah, you know, we we talk about Maddie and Tessa a lot, and, um, and, and it's it's very well deserving um the, the the girls put in a lot of time but what has been real nice is even seeing them grow uh, maturity wise tessa being a defensive floor captain a vocal a vocal leader out there barking orders maddie's barking orders um and in a way that leaders do they they don't tear down but they build up and they, they really are setting a good example for these younger girls on the team and how to conduct themselves when they're older. So 
you know, it wasn't long ago when when Maddie and Tessa were just they were they were immature uh, physically and mentally, emotionally, and didn't know how to handle adversity. And um, just to see them step up into these leadership roles is that's that's what every coach really that's the goal for every coach. I mean, obviously wins and losses, but just to watch these girls turn into young women um, is is fantastic. Talking with Kirk Corcoran, head girls basketball coach at Westwood. Still got one more game before you can turn to the tournament, coach. You've got Kingsford, a trip there on Thursday. Your junior varsity squad, though, they clinch a tie with the conference title last night. Tell me about their season so far. Yeah, well, they've, you know, to be a JV coach, you have to be very humble because varsity coaches are always stealing your best players. And for them to uh, lose Natalie Prophet and Mallory Lee. Um, and never even have Julian Koski on the team, um, and to still win a conference championship, uh, that's, that speaks volumes. So, uh, what are they? I think they're thir- uh, 14 and 14 and five, something, something like that. Um, and it's really given those other girls, um, those role players a chance to, to flourish and, and blossom. Whereas when Natalie and Mallory were on there, they didn't really have that chance. Um, and so when, when given the chance, once Natalie and Allie were gone, they stepped up to the plate. And, um, you know, I don't know if any of them really truly thought they were going to be able to win the conference without Natalie. And here they are last night um, beating Gwen. They beat, uh, I forget, Iron Mountain, um, a couple of teams there, and, and won themselves a, a, a co-championship that's, that's uh, again, speaks volumes of the work that our JV coaches put in and, and the girls themselves. Well, Coach, you have Kingsford coming up, a little tune-up before you get set to take on Nagani in the district tournament. How far ahead are you starting to look? I know you don't want to look over Kingsford in a non-conference game and what have you, but do you have Nagani in the back of your mind and start to look ahead to the tournament? Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course we do. I think, you know, the, it's nice having a non-conference game the last game of the year because, um, you know, if if we win, great. If we don't, you know, it'd be obviously disappointing, but... Um, yeah, it's time to you, you clinch the conference, and it's time to start looking to the districts a little bit, and just preparing yourselves mentally and emotionally, and um, you know. So yeah, we got Nagani's on the radar for sure, as I'm sure we're on their radar. Um, and it's 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 like uh, like Coach Sager said in another interview, you know, it's going to be a dogfight, and um, all the stories about last year, how we upset their their perfect season, or everybody's going to be talking about that, and I'm sure it's going to be a, a a packed house, um, but that's like that's what March Madness is, right? Well, coach, your team's sitting at eighteen and one again with the end of the regular season on the horizon. Do you feel like you're playing your best basketball right now, or does this team still have another level they can get to? Uh, God, I do feel like we're playing the best we've played all year. Um, is there another level we can take it to? I I, I hope so, but um, even just with our defensive. Uh, our, our defensive intensity right now is is peaking, and um, yeah, I, hey, I, I hope we can take it to another level. Um, but we'll that will be we'll have to wait and see, I guess. What fundamentally do you want to challenge your team to do here down the stretch? Is there any aspect of the game where you want to challenge your team to grow and get better? Oh, taking care of the basketball. We still have we still have a, a handful too many um, just silly sloppy turnovers. Uh, that I think is due to a lack of focus. Um, so really, if if we're, if we're gonna make if we're gonna make it through this bracket of death, 
Uh, we're really going to have to take care of the basketball, um, take high-quality shots, and push push the ball up the floor. You need a couple of easy baskets, you know, ones that sometimes you get into these dogfights with Nagani and Marquette. And, uh, every, it seems like every single point is just um, – you got to work so hard, and so getting a couple easy transition buckets is always is always really nice. So that and, and holding on to the balls, things that we got to work on. Well, that's a good way to put it. The bracket of death. When you look at your district, it's going to be a tough one. A lot of good teams in that uh, in that little category there. But I know you don't want to overlook Nagani and what have you. But if you could speak to the depth and the talent of that district, whoever wins it is going to earn it. Yeah, the, this this district is. Um, I gotta give I gotta give Bryce from Upbeat Sports credit for that name, the bracket of death. I mean, Bark River Harris, he's been in the top five all year. Nagani Gwynn, um, it's it's tough. And then the winner of this is probably going to be looking at a, a West Iron County team to get out of the UP. And it's just it, it almost um, without knowing a whole lot about the downstate teams, uh, I think you'd be I, I think you'd be hard pressed to find a tougher district and regional um, than ours right here in the Central Upper Peninsula. Kurt Corcoran, head girls basketball coach at Westwood, his team 18-1, and getting set for the final week of the regular season and champions of the Westpac for the first time ever in the mid-pen for the first time since 2013. Appreciate it as always, Coach. All the best the rest of the way. We'll look forward to talking again soon. Thanks a lot, Tanner. Let's stick with Westwood, but transition over to bowling because it's a big weekend for head coach Barry Ray and the Westwood Patriot Bowlers. They are in Gaylord tonight and tomorrow for the regional tournament as they try to make it back to state. They were there last year, came up just a bit short, went undefeated this season. First time in school history, Westwood has had an unbeaten bowling season. It's their first ever conference title and their first ever UP title. In addition, Alex Miller was named the UP singles champion this year. They have a lot of experience on this squad. Individual state qualifiers a season ago, Dylan Junak, Stephen Kangas, and Braden Vickstrom. Junak was also the top qualifier at regionals last season. So the team trending in the right direction and looking to punch their ticket back to the state tournament for the second year in as many years. It would be the second time in school history as well. They are at the regional tournament in Gaylord this weekend, tonight and tomorrow. It's a two-day tournament and they're trying to punch their ticket down to state. We just did a feature on the Westwood Bowling Team. It's a video presentation available on our YouTube page, our Facebook page and our Twitter Check it out, get a better look at the Westwood Patriot Bowling Program and recognize them for the success that they've been having this season. To give you a taste of what to expect, we'll play the audio from the feature in the next segment. Take a listen to the Westwood Patriot Bowling Program. really have developed more as a team. I think last year was more about the individual and could they make states. But this year, it was more of a cohesive team, and uh, I think that's where I've seen the most growth from them. None of us ever thought that we were going to go 9-0 and for sure, but halfway through the season, we realized we're... We're 4-5-0 and now, and we only got a few games left, so if we bowl the way that we have been the whole season, there's nothing in our way. We all practice a lot, and we all know we can bowl really well, so we all figured we could pull this off. We put in the time through the off season, and everyone's been in here like every day in the summer, so I did expect this. 
I'm maybe not undefeated, but it's just a great feeling. Went 9-0, coming back to it, went one UP finals for singles, Alex Miller won singles, and then we won boys team finals. And now we're heading down to regionals, hopefully hopefully take first in that, and then see where it goes from there, and hopefully we do good in states. You know, I never thought that I would actually like get like this far. Like, I always wanted to. It's always been like a dream of mine throughout high school to get this far. And it's just to finally get here. I still have the set. I have the plaque with my name on it and everything. I, it's, it's unbelievable. Started off last year. We started getting back into things. Had a really good run, made it down to states. Unfortunately, we got knocked out and I have no clue. I think we took third. You get that close and don't close the deal. You know, first state title, first one in school history. Um, I didn't need much motivation. It was an upsetting loss, but there's a lot of seniors on that team. We didn't have any seniors last year, so we'll be the same young team for next two years. We're only losing two this year, and that's Braden and Alex. It'll be a two big losses, but I'm sure we'll be able to punch through it. It progressed from last year. I was a 126 average last year. I jumped to a 176. I was at this bowling alley at least four times a week, probably like 30 games a day. I don't even know how many teams have ever been undefeated in bowling, to be honest with you. And each match that we had, you know, you bowl three regular games inside of there. So, you know, you got 27 games we bowled this year inside of the meets. And we were like 26-1. and one. We only lost one game all year, which is pretty pretty special. It's a very amazing feeling. I can't even describe it. Like, I'm so proud of my team, and everyone that's, like, doubted us has made us succeed even better, and it's just a great feeling. We've never been top qualifier at regional, and they're the only ones that gets a trophy. So I want to keep putting stuff in that trophy cabinet. So if we could finish first there this Friday, that would be amazing. I feel pretty confident. We've been there before. We've gone to states last year. We've had success in regionals. For myself personally, I want to at least qualify to go to states for singles. As a team, I want to go out there and win it all. I'm so proud of everything we've accomplished, and everything's just been a blast because we're just running through the competition. It's just awesome. I love bowling. I've been doing it since I was a little kid. But it's fun going out with all my friends. From all of us here at ESPN-UP, we wish Barry Ray and the Westwood Bowlers nothing but the best as they head down to Gaylord this weekend to participate in regionals and try to make it back to the state tournament for the second year in a row. We owe you another timeout. We'll have more coaches on headset when we come back. You're listening to the Friday Coaches Show on ESPN-UP. Crystal clear trout streams, pristine forest, and a sky so blue it hurts the eyes. We make our home in the most beautiful part of Michigan. We're Embers Credit Union. We cherish the abundance of lakes, the sound of fresh snow underfoot, waves crashing on the shore, and the crackle of an evening campfire. We also cherish the dreams and aspirations of the people who give the UP its unique character. Embers Credit Union is dedicated to fueling the passions of our members and the communities we serve. We see a world of potential in our neighbors, and we're here to provide personalized guidance, solid financial advice, and solutions to get them to the next level. What's your passion? A new home, a better vehicle, or seeing America in an RV? Together, we'll get there. Straight Talk Banking that matches your way of life. 
Let's live it up. Embers Credit Union, offices of Marquette and Nagani, and embers.org. Member NCUA, an equal housing lender. Welcome back to the ESPN-UP Coaches Show. Time now to talk Nagani boys basketball with head coach Dan Waterman. His team 13-7 and getting set for the postseason. Well, Coach, playing some of your best basketball at the right time. You've won seven of your last eight to close a regular season. Where do you feel your team is at now through 20 games? Well, I, I like our progress, obviously. Uh, and you want to be playing your best at the end of the year, which we seem to be doing. And, uh, you know, the exciting thing is we get five days of practice before our, our first district game, so we've got time to, to still improve. And, and uh, the kids are working hard, and and uh, it's an exciting time of year. So, um, you know, we're ready to go, and, and uh, we're looking forward to next week with the district's well, Coach, you closed the regular season with a win over Westwood on Wednesday, a game where you guys were going blow for blow early on. Each team had a few runs late in the second half, and you had just a little bit more than they did. Through that first half, you guys kept trading runs, it seemed like, shot for shot, what have you. What was your message going in at halftime when it was a one-point game? Well, uh, I wasn't real happy with our energy level in the first half. Um, you know, Westwood's got some bigger kids, and and, uh, you know, they're really comfortable in a slow-down, grinded-out slugfest, and I didn't want to get into that kind of game. Um, you know, we played a little bit of zone to protect ourselves from uh, them pounding the ball in with their, with their bigger bodies. But, uh, you know, and that slows the game down. But when we pull a defensive rebound, we wanted to push it in transition, and I didn't, didn't think that we were doing a good job of that. So we just we talked about playing with more energy there and, and – um, you know, some minor technical things in the zone, finding shooters, uh, you know, putting bodies on people and boxing out. So nothing major, just a, an effort thing and a couple of small changes. Well, Coach, midway through the third quarter, Westwood went on an 11-0 run. They went up 38-30. to You called a timeout, and your team responded with an 11-0 run of your own. What did you guys do during that timeout to get back on track? <laughs> uh, just talked about playing harder. Um, you know, it we were a step slow in our, with our rotations, and, and again, we weren't pushing the ball in transition. Um, and uh, offensively, I thought we got stagnant. We started uh, standing around and, and watching Jackson dribble the ball around, and, and Jack is real good off the dribble and, and breaking people down, but other guys got to move on the, on the court so that the help defense has to chase their guy around, and, and it makes Jackson even more effective. So, um, you know, we talked about movement on, on offense, and, and um, we just had to fly around a little bit faster on defense. And, um, you know, coming out of that timeout, Drew Lindbergh hit a big three for us, and I, I think that got us juiced again and kind of uh, started to reverse the momentum a little bit. You guys were able to hold Westwood scoreless for about three and a half minutes to end the game. What about your team's defensive effort to close that one out? Yeah, uh, you know, after talking about energy at halftime and, and in that timeout, the energy level for the last quarter and a half was, was really good. Um, and, you know, that's something that we'll be talking about for these five days in practice uh, about where the energy level needs to be, and, and that's going to be the example that get, gets used. Um, you know, I, I liked that we were able to withstand a run. Westwood actually took a lead with – three minutes to go and and they were holding the ball and forcing us to come out of the zone and i thought we did a really good job man-to-man defense 
applying pressure on the ball and, and forced the turnover and got a couple of stops and were able to execute just enough on offense to get a lead and and then by that time it was it was um, like maybe a minute minute and a half to go and and uh, we controlled the, the ball they had to follow us and, and we stepped up and made free throws at the end. Dan, if you could expand on your two seniors and what they bring to the table and how special it was to send them off with a win in their final home game. Yeah, uh, Jake Larson is uh, one of our starters. Um, and he is super intelligent, super smart kid. Uh, he's more skilled than anybody realizes. He's, he, han- he can handle the ball a little bit. He's a really good passer. He can make some shots and, and uh, post moves. He, he's got some nice post moves, too. And, and just a smart kid. He's very well respected in our locker room, uh, very popular with his teammates. Um, just, just a great kid. He's, he's a great representative for our program. And then Tyler Hensla is our first big guy off the bench. I only have two seniors, Jake and Tyler. And Tyler wasn't playing much at the beginning of the year and, and didn't play much at all last year either. And he's, he's just an example of, of what happens when a bench player has the right attitude. Tyler, you know, I, I'm sure he was disappointed in the amount of playing time he was getting early in the year but he just kept coming to practice and he kept working hard and you know he was making it hard to keep him on the bench you know so he was ready when his opportunity came we had a couple of games where we weren't uh getting the the production defensively that that we wanted from one or two of our post players and tyler went in and he grabbed that opportunity by the throat and carved a role for himself you know now he's our first big guy off the bench he brings length and athleticism he's our biggest guy at 6-4 uh he can run up and down the court pretty good he's he's finished well around the rim and he's a good free throw shooter too and you know another highly intelligent kid uh tyler's really well-rounded he's i think he's going to be the lead in the school play coming up so again a great representative for our program uh two kids that that um you know, they're not big scorers by any means, but they play vital roles in the successfulness or the, the success that our team has had. Talk with Dan Waterman, head boys basketball coach at Nagani. Coach, your team's 13-7 and seven as you get set to uh, open the district tournament on Wednesday. Tell me about your JV season now that they're able to turn in their uniforms, what have you, and uh, tell me a little about how their year went. <clears throat> Twelve, uh, I think they finished... 12 and 8, um, and we saw we saw good growth from that group. Um, I, I would say that that culminated with a win down at Gladstone. Gladstone's got a really athletic bunch on the JV level, and um, kind of flipped the script on them from <coughs> excuse me earlier in the year at our place when when Gladstone's athleticism just kind of overwhelmed our kids, and, and our kids went down there and, and played harder. Uh, which is a good sign, and, and learned how to compensate um, for the athletic deficit that we were facing with that group. So that, those are encouraging things. Um, just overall development, I thought, was really good. A um, couple, of, couple of guys had really nice years for them. Uh, Will Luke, the point guard, and, and Gerald Johnson, the shooting guard, we pulled up for the tournament to uh, primarily to help us in practice, but you know, as a reward for, for solid 
years on the JV team. So um, really happy with with the season that those guys put in, and and they were shorthanded. You know, there's, there's not many bodies practicing with eight nine guys, and and that's difficult. It's a challenge. Um, I thought Coach Jacobson did a great job with those guys. Well, Coach, now you turn your attention to the varsity districts, and you won't know your opponent until late Monday night. You get the winner of Westwood and Manistique, and I know you'll take that first round by, but what challenges do you have when you don't know who it's going to be until less than 48 hours before you play the game? Well, uh, I view it as a blessing. Our, our kids were pretty tired. We were, uh, you know, early in the year we didn't get many of those weeks where we had two games, and then for the last month, Five weeks we've been two games a week solid, uh, including a back-to-back the week prior. So, you know, we're going to get a day off, two days off maybe, uh, and rest up. And we know both of the teams. You know, at Westwood we've played them twice in the last three weeks. Uh, Manistique, you know, they're a conference team that, that we've played twice. Uh, obviously I'll be at, at that game Monday to, to film and watch and break it down, but um, – you know, we, we've already started preparing, you know, a little bit for both. Uh, you know, no disrespect to, to Manistique, but I would expect Westwood to come out of that with a win. So we're kind of focused on them a little bit more. But, uh, you know, if Manistique were to come out of that game, we'll be well prepared for them as well. What's the biggest thing you want to address in practice going forward? What are some of the strengths you want to play toward that your team's doing well right now? And where do you still want to challenge them and see improvement? Well, I, I think we're really good at, at running our stuff, uh, getting shots for our shooters. Um, and, and that's something that we're going to continue to try to do. Um, you know, when we get bogged down is when we get stagnant, when we stand around, uh, when there's not enough player movement and, and when we don't set screens well and, and some of that is you know it's not directed at the screener a lot of times it's the cutters not waiting for the screeners to get in position and then not being tough enough to rub shoulder to shoulder off the screen sometimes we allow the defender to push us you know out and create a gap between the screener and the cutter um, so those are things that we'll work on and continue to work on is is being tough with our cuts and holding our ground and, and going hip-to-hip off of that that uh, screener um, and, and then getting more movement because that makes us harder to guard. Dan, as always, appreciate you taking the time. Looking forward to talking again here. All the best with districts next week. Okay, thank you very much. We'll take a time out. More coming up after this on ESPN-UP. Eagle Mine is a proud supporter of local high school sports. At Eagle, safety is our number one priority for our employees and our community, and especially for our children. With school back in session, that means sharing the road with school buses. Be alert and ready to stop when you see a school bus when overhead lights or warning lights are flashing. Let's all do our part to protect our children by keeping them safe. This message is brought to you by Eagle Mine. Here at True North Federal Credit Union, we want to teach kids how to save responsibly right from the get-go. That's why we offer the Kirby Kangaroo Club to ages 0 through 12. The Kirby Kangaroo Club teaches kids how to save responsibly by offering them a punch for every $5 deposited into their account. They can then redeem those punches for fabulous prizes. We also offer the Claim Your Youth program to ages 13 through 17. The Claim Your Youth program teaches teens how to save responsibly by offering prizes for net deposits into their account. It's all available at True North Federal Credit Union. Member NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. 
Welcome back to the ESPN UP Coaches Show. Time now to talk Marquette Redmen basketball with head coach Brad Nelson. Well, coach, you've accomplished already a conference tournament, a heck of a season for your guys so far, sitting at 16 and three, and now you get set to turn your attention to Traverse City Central, opening up the postseason. But first, let's reflect on the regular season. Tell me about what this team's accomplished and where you feel that they are after 19 games. Um, I like where we're at. I, you know, it took a while to, to get to the level that we're, we're playing at right now, but that's what you want. Um, I expected it a little bit before it happened, but, you know, we had some players emerge as the season progressed and step up and, and make plays and, and play good defense and, and things like that. So as the season has progressed, you know, we've, we've gotten a little bit deeper into our bench. Obviously having Luke Oji back is a, is a <clears throat> huge factor in our success, but, um, you know, we got to continue what we're doing, focus on this, the tournament. Yeah, I told the guys the other day, you know, we played 19 games, and you can consider that the preseason because everything that we've done since November, um, this is the reason we did it, okay? So next Monday we begin that, and, uh, you know, hopefully we continue the momentum that we had. We've got a lot of time to uh, prepare for this, and uh, I think we'll be ready to go. Coach, you told me last week that your team – had the motivation to go undefeated in conference play when you closed the regular season at Escanaba earlier this week. You came away with a 58-49 win. Take me inside that game for your team. Uh, that was a, it was a dogfight. Um, we would go on a little run, and then, you know, <clears throat> to Escanaba's credit, they made some big shots to kind of keep them in the game. Um, I thought Jared Nash was exceptional in that game. He, was, he, was, he played possessed, and he's a physical kid, and you could tell it was uh, – it meant a lot to him to, to play that game, and, and he really wanted it. And you know, we we were tough. We battled through it. We made enough plays in the end to to kind of put it put it away. But it was a good game to finish the season on, as far as their physicality and how big they are. Um, you know, they run their one through one zone primarily, and you know, not something that you see a lot of in the UP. But you know, it's a little different. But we gotta you gotta adjust and adapt. And I thought we did a good job of that. Well, Coach, you enter the postseason having won eight in a row, your most recent loss all the way back on January 15th at Ishpeming in double overtime. Do you feel like you're playing your best basketball right now? Uh, relative to the rest of the season, absolutely. Um, we've This is the best that we've been playing. Um, you know, is, is there room for improvement? There is. And, you know, we got some practices ahead of us to, to get ready, but um, you know, at this time of the season, you know, my, my saying is the hay's in the barn and, and we do what we do and obviously we'll add a few wrinkles here and there to our offense just to give teams a different look. But, um, for the most part, we are who we are and <clears throat> that's pretty much every team has established their identity, uh, as the season has progressed. So I'm sure Traverse City has a lot of film on us. Um, we have a lot of film on them. So there's going to be no secrets. It's just a matter of going out and, you know, not only outworking the other opponent, but just you got to execute. Yeah, you uh, play Traverse City Central on Monday night in the first round of districts, a team that you've seen already this year and had a dogfight with them but came up short. Tell me what you know about them from the first meeting. Um, you know, that first meeting, they kind of blitzed us in the first quarter. Uh, I think they jumped out to 11-0 run. Um, so that we had to overcome that, but we did – we had to, you know, come back and, and we cut it to three, lost by three in the end. Um, so, you know, that was playing down there and whatever, you know, it's not an excuse, but it is different. It's a six-hour bus trip. You get off the bus and you got to play basketball. So 
we're hoping that we can use our home court advantage. But just the film that I got, I just broke down four games. Um, I have a you know all of the stats that from those four games is Traverse City, and we know what they want to do. Got a really good uh, player in, in, in Schwanicky. Uh, he's going to college to play football and basketball, I believe. And then they got another kid, Briggs, who's a who's a tall, lanky player. So we had to contain those two, uh, very similar to a Reese Caster type player. Um, so we got <clears throat> we'll have enough information on them and have their tendencies by by Monday. But ho- you know, hopefully the weather is okay and we can get this one in. But uh, we'll be ready to go. Are they a strictly man defensive team, or do they throw a few different wrinkles at you? Uh, they're man. Um, they they always have been man. Um, tip, you know, this is the second year with their new coach, and you know it's a it's a pretty tight defense. They like to pack the paint. They're a long team. They've you know six five, six six, six six, six six all across the board. Um, so you got to you know be creative and get them moving laterally and try to take advantage of our quickness and get inside the paint and kick out for some threes. But it is man to man. I didn't see one one possession of the zone. Uh, defense in the, all the games that I watch of them this year. So that's what we're preparing for. Well, Coach, it's one of the rare years, it seems, where you get a host through the district tournament and you get a welcome Traverse City Central to your place on Monday. Tell me what makes Marquette such a special and uh, unique environment up here in the UP. Well, it's special for us uh, hosting because you only get to do it every six years. You know, there's six teams in our district and they kind of, well, they don't kind of, they do they rotate the host team, so whoever's on that top line, that gets rotated every year, and then from there it's a random draw. That's kind of how we've done it, just to be fair uh, as much as possible. So five out of the six years, we're we're on the road um, on, on the Monday, and having to figure out the itinerary and when we're going to eat and when the kids are going to do homework and when we're going to be in the hotel and all of that stuff. You know, those are the things that a lot of people don't realize we got to put time into and, and you know, that takes time away from preparing, preparing and scouting reports and, and all of that thing. So to be home is absolutely huge. Kids can go to school, be in their own bed, uh, and just it's a more normal routine. Hopefully we can use that to our advantage. Coach, tell me about your district as the whole. I know you don't want to look too far past Traverse City Central, but assess your district for me if you could. It's always talented, um, you know. We were fortunate enough to win on Monday. <clears throat> Alpino will be coming up on Wednesday, and they got a really, really good player. Um, you know, a tall six-six kid that can shoot, he can drive, he can post up. And then they got some really good guards. Uh, so that that'll be a challenge. Um, and then on the bottom of the bracket, it's Gaylor, Traverse City West, and Petoskey. Um, you know, two of the we, we beat all three of them this season. We were able to play all three. Um, but we, you got to do the little things in these types of games. If you don't box out, if you don't, you know, stop penetration, all of the stuff that we've been preaching for four months uh, in a game, no matter who you're playing, you're going to get nipped, and then the next day you're handing in your jersey. So that's kind of our emphasis. But we're going to have to play really good basketball for three games to be able to take some hardware. Well, Coach, you've got certainly probably the most deep team in the Upper Peninsula at this point in the tournament, you've been coaching long enough to know how important depth is once you get to this point in the season, but speak to your depth, if you could, and how important that's going to be for you here down the stretch. Well, just to know that, you know, whoever's on the court, whatever five guys I have out there, they know that if, if you know, when they go 100% and it's they're flying around and, and pressuring the basketball and, and running, 
um, they know that they got five guys on the bench that are going to come in and give them a blow. And, you know, they kind of go back, back and forth with that. And just the fact that not only do I have confidence in those five guys that come in, their teammates have confidence that if they drive and kick it out, you know, to a Liam Dar, he's probably going to make it. And, you know, if he doesn't make it, he's going to go after an offensive rebound. So those types of things, it's absolutely huge. And just watching the film of Traverse City of the ones that I've seen, their bench isn't as deep, and I see a lot of guys bent over, and I, I see them kind of winded. So I'm hoping that we can use our depth to run on these guys and get some transition buckets and, you know, <clears throat> use our depth to our advantage. And I'm confident in all the guys that I put out on the court. Coach, lastly, tell me about your JV squad as they wrap up their season. What kind of year they had? Uh, they had a great year. Um, they lost in double overtime in Escanaba against a really, really good Escanaba team. Uh, so they split, but they ended up taking second in the conference. But I'm looking forward to that group. I talked to them after that Escanaba game, and I told them, we might have a lot of seniors, but we have a lot of really talented juniors, and they are very talented. And I'm looking forward to next year. You know, we're going to basically have you know, 12 guards. We've had that before, and we've had success with it. So told them to keep working hard and, and told them how good we're going to be next year and, and just to keep practicing and that's the thing that you need to do our freshman program they ended up winning the conference tuesday against kingsford so things are looking up you know we're fortunate to have the numbers and um talent and athletes to to have three quality teams in our program and hopefully we can continue that for years brad nelson head boys basketball coach in marquette his team 16 and 3 as they get set to open up the postseason monday night at home with traverse city central Appreciate you as always, Brad. Look forward to talking again soon. All the best next week. Okay, thank you, Tanner. We'll take a timeout. More coming up after this here on ESPN-UP. The Market Big Boy presents the famous Slim Jim with a twist. The Turkey Club Slim Jim features slow-roasted turkey breast, bacon, and Swiss. The Italian Slim Jim features lean ham, pepperoni, and other Italian delights. The Veggie Slim Jim has red pepper hummus, feta cheese, mushrooms, cucumbers, pepper rings, spinach, and more. On the burger menu is a classic Big Boy, but also the Ohio Big Boy with signature Ohio burger sauce, the West Coast Big Boy with red relish and mayo, the barbecue bacon Big Boy, and fully loaded Big Boy, U.S. 41 Marquette. Dave's Collision in Ishpeming specializes in scratch and dent repair as well as other major collision repairs, including metalwork, painting, and collision-related mechanical work. Dave's uses quality Exalta paint to ensure a clean, shiny, color match finish. With over 26 years of experience, Dave, with the help of his qualified staff, has the knowledge to restore your vehicle to pre-accident condition. Make the right decision. Choose Dave's Collision. Call 485-1211. That's 485-1211. Welcome back to the ESPN-UP Coaches Show. Time now to talk Gwen Modeltowner girls basketball with head coach Ben Olson. His team sitting 11-7. and Well, Coach... Ball to Westwood last night, 49-26. to They jumped out early, and you made a few runs at them late in the game and got within six in the third quarter, but had a little bit too much, Westwood did, and ended up pulling away. Tell me about that from a coach's standpoint. Uh, I thought we played really well with them in the first first half. Um, you know, we cut it to, I think, five at one point. Um, we just had some defensive breakdowns there, and you can't, Obviously, you can't lose Tessa Lee or Maddie Koski, or they make you pay for it. And, you know, we tried to run that matchup zone, and a couple of times, you know, we didn't rotate as well as we should, and we didn't check as good as we should, you know, and they made us pay. Uh, Tessa made a big one at the end of the quarter there where it was a 21-15 game, and I think with about 30 seconds left in the half, she buried a three. That kind of put them up nine. Um, and then the second half, we just struggled to make a shot. Um, 
and that's been kind of our Achilles heel when we struggle and we lose basketball games. You know, it's when we don't shoot well. We were something of like 8 of 39 last night for them from the floor. So, And I think we scored two field goals in the second half. Um, so obviously when you're having trouble putting the ball in the basket and then you got two scorers on the other side like Tessa and Maddie, you know, you gotta you got to somewhat try to keep up with them, you know, because the defense is only going to hold out for so long when, when those two can fill it up like they can. Uh, you talked about the zone defense you switched to in the second quarter, made some adjustments, and really gave Westwood some problems when you did that. Forced a few turnovers maybe and sped them up a little bit. Is that something you're noticing from your defense? Does a good job wreaking havoc and forcing turnovers? Yeah, I mean, um, we really wanted to put our heels on the three-point line last night and contain them. We, You know, against Westwood, <clears throat> I feel like you have two options. You can clog the paint up and say you're not going to get any layups on us tonight and hope that they miss threes or, you know, you can get them all, you can chase them off the three-point line, you know, and kind of give them layups. So our goal last night was to hopefully clog up the lane and not give them anything in, inside in, in the paint um, and, you know, hope that they miss some outside shots, which obviously, you know, they didn't, you know, I think they were like four of seven from the three-point line. Um, but I don't think we did a good enough job of taking the pain away, you know, so I don't know. I don't think our game plan worked exactly how we wanted it to. And I guess even if it would have worked the way that we wanted to, they were making shots. So even if they would have took more threes, you know, that probably would have been a problem. So the zone is something we've been working on um, since about oh, the quarter, you know, the first six games I think we played man. Then we went zone because um, I feel like we needed a couple of different defenses here heading into district. So, yeah, I think our zone – you know, does a good job. Um, a lot of the times when teams get open shots after you watch on films, it's kind of our breakdowns that allow kind of open looks. So if we can shore up some of those things, um, I think it's going to be a good defense. You know, the one thing that we're kind of missing is that big post presence in the middle that we've had in years past, which obviously if you have a big post presence, a big center in the middle, you know, that, that shores up a lot of that inside, that interior stuff. So we've been using kind of Marissa Delmont, kind of our point guard actually, you know, in the middle of the zone because um, she's pretty active and does a good job in the middle. But, again, you know, if we had a six-footer down there, it would make things a lot more miserable for teams. Well, Coach, you have a couple of toughies to get you ready for districts. You've got Nagani tomorrow in a makeup game and then Gladstone to close out the regular season next week. Tell me uh, how you've prepared for Nagani here in a little bit of a short rest. Well, we're going to do that tonight or today after school. Um, you know, the – these teams, Westwood, Nagani, Ishpeming, we play them so often and so many times throughout the years, and it's been the same coaches. Really, the the turnover rate of, of coaches in the in the Marquette area has been very little. You know, we all kind of came in at the same time. We've all been here, you know, so we know each other very well. You know, I'm sure I know Sager's offenses just like Sager knows my offenses, and I know Kurt's offenses just like Kurt knows my offenses. So, you know, and these girls have been playing. You know, I got two girls that have played with me since the freshman year, so... You know, it's not going to be so much of what Nagani does, I feel. It's, it's going to be shoring up our things. Like I said, you know, our, we got to figure out some things in our zone that, that have been breaking down. We've had a few issues with the press, our second line of our press that have been breaking down, and we have, you know, been allowing passes to the middle. And then offensively, I feel like we got really stagnant last night against Westwood. You know, we run a, a pass-cutting type thing, and the ball should move freely from side to side. And I felt in the second half of Westwood, it just kind of stalled out on us. And you got to give Westwood a lot of credit. They were up in passing lanes, but, you know, we're supposed to be back cutting also if they're in passing lanes. So 
you know, you, you want to worry about Nagani, you want to worry about what Nagani does, but, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you also got to get right uh, with yourselves. So I think we're going to go over some stuff that Nagani does, some, some pet stuff that they do, you know, that we got to be ready for. But ultimately, I think, you know, these last week and a half here, I think we got to get ourselves right. Talking with Ben Olson, head girls basketball coach at Gwynn. Coach, tell me about your junior varsity squad as they get set to wrap up their season, how their year's gone. Uh, our JVs have struggled. Um, I got two sophomores up with me. Um, and to be honest, I don't know if they would make that huge of a difference if you put them back down on the JV team. You'd like to think that they would, but uh, you know, I don't know where they're at. I think right now our JV team sits at 3-15. and 15. I think we've played 18 games. Two and, maybe they're 2-16. I don't know. <laughs> they, haven't, they haven't had a lot of success. Um, they're trying. You know, the effort's there. They played Iron Mountain the other night. They had lost Iron Mountain by 40 earlier in the season in, like, December 7th, and they only lost Iron Mountain by five. And uh, they played Iron Mountain with five girls. We had two with one with an ankle and one with kind of a, a head issue that were, they were dealing with. So um, they are making strides um, in the positive. Um, and with them right now, it's just closing. You know, like they had a chance to close out the Iron Mountain game, and, you know, you kind of told them at the end of, the game there that you know if if every single person would have made one more uncomfortable play you know they probably would have won that game so it's just that you know we we stress a lot of the times especially to my varsity girls that that winning is uncomfortable and you have to do uncomfortable things to win and if you're not willing to do those uncomfortable things a lot of times you're probably not going to win so um trying to bring that message down to the jvs as well well, Coach, you talked about your junior varsity's health and how that's been a struggle. I know it has for the varsity squad as well. When your team's at full strength, you're pretty tough to beat, but your health has been maybe your biggest nemesis this year. Do you feel like you're starting to get everybody back to 100 as you get ready for districts? Well, we finally had a full squad last night. Uh, Megan Rokeline in our junior center, you know, the one that would give a little bit of post presence, that she was cleared on Tuesday. Um, she didn't play in the Iron Mountain game. Um, we held her out that day, but then we, she practiced uh, full practice on Wednesday. She played, I think, about eight minutes last night. Um, and Emily Curtis kind of tweaked her knee in the Iron Mountain game on Tuesday, um, but she was a full go um, last night too. So yeah, we're um, we finally got everyone back full strength last night. Um, it was weird having nine girls on the bench, um, and you know, going forward, it's going to be hard to get you know those girls as many minutes as they want, which. That's a bad thing for them, but it's also a good thing from a coach's perspective because now we're going to have some competition. And, you know, if you're not performing out on the court, you know, there's someone behind you that that can. So, you know, it's it's not going to be, well, what is coach doesn't have a choice. He's got to play me. Now it's going to be if you're not doing what you're supposed to do, you know, we have four other girls on the bench who are fully capable of coming in and uh, giving us minutes. So um, sometimes the, the bench can be a great teacher and a great motivator and hopefully going forth, forward you know that's that's going to help our squad not only with the depth but also with some competition and battling on the on the basketball court which really our girls I mean you we only scored 26 points last night you know but I don't think our effort you know you, you were at the game I don't think our effort was ever dropped off and that's one thing with these girls is you know their effort never never wanes they go out there and and they battle no matter if we're up 20 down 20 or if it's a close game so um, yeah, I think the bench is going to help us, and obviously some of those juniors and sophomores are going to have to get game ready because those are the girls that we're obviously going to be relying on come next year. Well, Coach, I know you don't want to look ahead 
past Nagani and Gladstone to the districts. You know that you have a first-round bye. You'll get the winner of Ishpeming and Manistique. But speak to me, if you could, about the depth and the talent that's going to be on display in District 66 because whoever wins that one is really going to have to earn it. Oh, I mean, it's been this way for a couple of years now, and, and you could probably argue right now that it's maybe the best it's ever been, and that's kind of crazy considering what you had. 20 and Onagani last year, you had 17 and 3 Ishwaming. I mean, I think Westwood sat at 16 and 4, if I'm correct. You know, we didn't have a bad year last year. I think we were 9 and 11 going into districts. But I mean, when you're the, when you're 9 and 11, then you're, you're the outside chance. You know, when you're the fourth, basically be the fourth seed in a district, that's, that's pretty crazy. Now this year, it's, you know, just the same, if not better. You got 13 and 2 Bark River Harris or whatever they are now. You got 18 and 1 Westwood. You got 13 and 4 Nagani. We're sitting at 11 and 7, you know, and then Ishpeming has given us two really tough games. We beat Ishpeming by um, five at their place, and we beat them by one at our place. So no matter who you see or face in this district, I think they're going to give you a battle, and you're going to have to bring it, and you're absolutely right. Um, You know, whoever comes out of this district is going to be battle-tested, especially from that Nagani-Westwood-Bark Riverside, because, you know, that you could argue that those are three of the, the three best teams in that district, and they're all on that same side of the bracket. Coach, last thing before I let you go, it was your senior night last night. You talked at length about your senior squad, and it was really fun for me to be able to hear that because you can tell how much you care about this team and how much those players have meant to you. If you could, tell our listeners a little bit about what the senior class means to you. Oh, man, how long do we have? <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, this is a group of girls that I've been with kind of since middle school. They were goal-getters, you know, the ones that you that are always want to be in the gym. And from their 7th and 8th grade year, they were always, you know, tapping me on the shoulder. What can we do, Coach? How can we get better? And I would make time, you know, set aside gym time for them to get in. And, you know, Trish and Brooke and Mal, they really don't waste any of their gym time when they're in there. And then, you know, I built that, you know, rapport with them, that, you know, that relationship with them. And I've basically been with them for six years and you know you, you probably see it a little bit on the westwood side you know doing the broadcast there you know the maddie and the Tess are in the gym you know religiously and that's how these girls are as well um you know we're in there four days a week in the summers and we go to team camps and you know i try to give them the best experiences that we can we go down to northwood so it's a you know an eight hour a six and a half hour drive you know with some high school girls and you learn about them and you find out their likes and their dislikes and you know, they really become like daughters, you know, and then to think that, hey, we got three, four games left, if you know, hopefully maybe more than that, um, but to know that the finality is kind of coming and, you know, that you're not going to be spending as much time with them, them really kind of, you know, it pulls at the heartstrings a little bit. It's probably how a dad feels when, when uh, their daughter or son goes off to college. It's kind of the same thing with me. So just hardworking individuals, um, like I said, they've kind of restored my – my uh, hope for the future generations these girls don't complain there's no excuses you know i get on them really hard and they simply say yes coach um just you know the coach's dream to be honest with you and you know i don't have to fear what i say i don't have to fear uh parents getting on my case because i can simply just coach them and uh they do their best to get better Ben Olson, head girls basketball coach at Gwynn. As always, Ben, appreciate the time. All the best going forward. We'll talk again soon. Thank you, sir, for all you do. We'll take a time out. More coming up after this on ESPN-UP. 
You don't just want your bank to be a place where you park your money, you want it to be your partner in putting your money to work for you. At MBank, we believe in the power of exceptional banking products and services delivered by friendly, experienced people. Community-focused, client-driven, that's our commitment to you. It's about supporting our communities. It's about empowering our clients to make sound financial decisions. It's about being your financial partner. Make the move to MBank today. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Econo Foods is proud of its student-athletes that play for their schools and communities. They see their work ethic not only on the field of play, but also in their stores throughout the Upper Peninsula. The combination of academics, athletic skill, and a willingness to work hard makes them winners. Econo Foods salutes you. Sports and athletic competition bring out the best in our communities, and we want you to know we appreciate your efforts. Good luck this year to the Redmen and Redettes, the Miners, the Hematites, the Patriots, the Model Towners, the Hawks, the Mustangs, and all the parents and fans. Welcome back to the ESPN-UP Coaches Show. Time now to talk with Ishpeming Hematite boys basketball coach Anthony Katona. His team's sitting at 6-12 and 12 as we get set to turn our attention to the district tournament. Well, Coach, going out in the regular season on a winning note, taking down Lance a couple of nights ago, 65-54. to 54. Take me inside that contest. A makeup, you had to wait on that one for a little bit, but you get it in and you get the win. Yeah, exactly. Um, you no, know, we had a we had a you know long week with three games. We had a back to back with Kellynet and Iron Mountain going out. Iron Mountain coughing, and but we were able to, like you said, come out, finish the season with a win. It's always nice on uh, yeah, on top of that with senior night. So the the seniors got to go out there and go out with a win uh, on the home floor, which was awesome. So yeah, they, they you know the kids played a good game and lots of the very scrappy team, good shooting team, and uh, it was like the next whole game until we kind of put them put them back in the fourth quarter there, and we had a good run to finish off the game, which was nice to see going into the districts. Tell me about this senior class. You send them off with a win in their final home game, but tell me about some ways that they've been shaping the program. Yeah, um, you know, I think they're, they're great workers, uh, great athletes. Um, you know, they're all part of that. Uh, good run that the football team had this part uh, this past year. You know, Gavin Sunberg running the quarterback, and Hunter Smith and Matt Travis and the halfbacks, and Zach Andrew as well. So, uh, and then finishing off that group is as Darius Yohe, who's he's a good force for us on the on the basketball floor. Um, but yeah, um, they all have their attributes for the team, and with Gavin running the point guard, being our leading scorer, and Darius being our second leading scorer, and a big guy down low. Um, and the other guys are, you know, really good defenders, which which help bring this team together. Well, Coach, you get set for the district tournament, but your team felt like you were maybe sent back a little bit to start the year by the extended football season. I know all the sports support each other and what have you, but you lose a couple of games in the regular season because of it and go into the district tournament with 18 under your belt. How do you feel your team's playing right now where is your team at as you get set to open up the postseason and where do you want to see them improve well yeah i'm definitely happy with work. um how our kids are competing and going into each game and uh, prepping what we're doing here uh, we're doing the right things it's you know it's just one of those things where uh, we're in all but one game the whole season so you know our, i don't think our record shows of what type of team we are, um, you know, a couple coaches and, 
and parents of opposing teams have you know said the same thing that we can be a very scary team. Um, it's it's just one of those things where you know I, I told the boys that you know, it's a new season, zero zero. Anything can happen with the districts, and just whoever comes out plays plays the better game and is a little more prepared for that for their opponent and ready to compete. And I I think our boys are really ready to compete and show what we're capable of doing. Coach, tell me about your junior varsity squad. I know they were a young group that had uh, growth a lot through this season, but as they wrap up their season, tell me a little about their year. Um, you know, they, they haven't had much success in their whole basketball career. Uh, I think last year was their first win as a group, and then they actually finished their season with, with their first win of the year uh, this year, which was great going forward. Um, you know, the, the kids are, are great kids and they're hard workers and just don't have the um, the athletic ability that yet. I mean, I, I think it's getting there. They're, they're not the, the tallest of bunch. And, you know, we brought up a couple of freshmen to help the school out a little bit. And, you know, they, they, they never seen their heads on this season. They, they kept on competing and coming to practice. And it shows what type of characters they really are. And like I said, they are a good group of kids. And, Hopefully they stick with it uh, and continue to progress and get better. Well, Coach, tell me about your district and what you look uh, forward to with that group. I know it's a tough group as always in District 66, but give me your thoughts on your postseason matchups. Yeah, um, you know, as we sit right now, we're not sure we'll play the winner of uh, Gwynn or Bark River, so I'll go down Monday and, and uh, watch that game. And, you know, throughout the weekend, I'll be. Unfortunately, I'll be prepping for two games, two games uh, for two teams there with Park River and Gwen not knowing. Um, so we have you know, something going forward with practices this weekend and Monday. Um, but yeah, it's very, very tough uh, district year in and year out. Um, and then at the bottom, you got you got Westwood going out with Manistique, and you know they got to play the winner of that. It's, it's it's a tough district to get through. It whether you can get through it, it's always a great feat uh, for sure. Anthony Katona, head boys basketball coach at Ishpeming. As always, appreciate the time. All the best in the districts next week. Thank you. That's it for us here on ESPN-UP. Thanks for tuning in on ESPN-UP WZAM Ishpeming Marquette.